Welcome to the very first episode of Make a Move podcast. Hello everyone, my name is Matt Bendik, I'm from Slovakia and I'm currently living in Dubai. Let me maybe first introduce myself a little bit so you have an idea who you are listening to. So my name is actually Matej, but I use the shortcut Matt here in Dubai because everybody has issues with pronouncing my name. I've been living in Dubai for almost five years. I was working here as a flight attendant, as a cabin crew for an airline for something like four and a half years. But I wasn't happy anymore, so I wanted to change. So I resigned about three months ago and I became a yoga teacher, a freelance photographer and videographer. Maybe you're asking why did I decide to make a podcast? There is enough podcasts in this world. Well, I just think there is not enough podcasts. I think there is audience for everyone. I was thinking about it for about one and a half year, but I was procrastinating. I was scared to do it. So finally, I stepped out of my comfort zone and here I am. The podcast name is Make a Move and I named it the way because I made a big move in my life. I decided to follow my dreams and pursue my goals and I would like to collect and share interviews with people that inspire me, that motivate me, people that I know personally or just from the internet and I want to share their stories with you guys because I believe their insights and their stories might be of a big value for you. A little disclaimer about this episode, the quality isn't as good as I would like it to be because the microphone didn't work so I recorded it only on my laptop but please bear with me, it's my first episode and I promise I'll fix it for the next time. So without further ado, let me introduce you my first guest very interesting person one of my best friends established yoga teacher here in Dubai and she's slowly spreading her wings globally with her Instagram and her YouTube and her name is Sarah White welcome Sarah hi I don't know why I'm so shy how are you Matt I'm good how are you fabulous thank you thanks for coming to my (laughs) studio she's shy but she's very humble a very successful girl I would say how long ago did you resign from your job so I was with Emirates am I allowed to say Emirates no <laughs> yeah, right? you just, oh, you, just <laughs> you just said it so yes okay, you are allowed. I was with the Middle Eastern airline for um, five years um yeah I was flying for five and now it's just gone over one year so I started full-time teaching yoga one year from your resignation yeah yeah so what? I started teaching full-time yoga uh-huh. The beginning of October last year. Oh, nice! So it's actually exactly yeah, one year. Yeah, yeah, just over. I don't know. It's I thought it's longer. It seems longer. I know. Because you got really <laughs> kind of high very fast. I would say. Yeah, no, it's not. I don't know whether it's gone super slow or gone really fast. Yeah, it's you've really gone like from. Like when I think back to it, I'm like, man, that seems so long ago. But then going through it, it goes quick. That's that totally doesn't make sense, but it makes sense in my head. Because <laughs> you've been like literally busy all the time. You've mm. been pushing it. I don't stop, as so, you know. I know, yeah. Yeah, Matt's like my therapist as well. Has <laughs> been many a times. I've been uh, crying either on WhatsApp or on his sofa. Just so you know, yeah. it's not all good, um, good fun. Yeah, it's not Rainbows, all giggles and yeah, unicorns and all that stuff. Fireworks. Yeah, exactly. So I would like to talk about your journey, how it all started and why did you decide to even become a yoga teacher? How did you come to the decision to become a yoga teacher and why you even started yoga? You can start all the way from the very beginning. So in 1992, Lynn and Keith White, no, um, maybe, uh, where do I go from? Yeah, from the anxiety and all that kind of stuff. So I'd been in Dubai two years, I think. Um, 
two-ish. And I went through a point in my life where I was breaking up from a crappy relationship. I had really bad self-esteem. My anxiety was through the roof. And if there's any other cabin crew listening to this, you know that anxiety and flying kind of go in two together. Um, yep. Yoga, to be honest, like I've always felt more connected down the spiritual route, like growing up and stuff. And I was always fascinated by yoga and there was always something that was making me wanting to try it. Oddly enough, the relationship I was in told me if I tried yoga, then that would be the end of it. So that's quite ironic. But um, Wait, he told you? Yeah. The guy? Yeah. Why? Because he had something against yogis and the whole image of the spiritual path. Anywho, <laughs> um, when I was in probably the worst time of my life, felt very alone. I'd just moved out of a flat. I was living in a bedsit in Business Bay. I just felt horrendous and... I had no reasons to get out of bed. Like I told you before, there was I'd have to take sleeping pills to be able to sleep. And there was one point I was in IKEA getting a new sofa because my sister was coming out to see me to make sure I was okay, so I needed a bed for her. <laughs> and I remember walking around IKEA and I thought everyone that's looking at me now can tell what a worthless piece of shit I am. And I went completely red in the face and I had a full blown like anxiety attack in the middle of like yeah you're by yourself yeah yeah so i run out and i ring my dad oh i'm getting all emotional now um <laughs> feel free no i don't want to cry not on the first one <laughs> and i i remember my dad saying look sorry you you need to do something about it and i was like shit i can't I f it was that point where you get so low and i think i was just sick of myself like i felt so weak and just nothing like completely hollow I was like, okay, there's, I need to pull myself out of it somehow. And actually, I was living near Urban Yoga at the time. And the amount in of business bay. Business bay That's yeah. an area in Dubai if you are if, not from Dubai. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, and the amount of courage it actually took me, because anyone starting yoga, you'll know that to walk into a yoga room yeah. is a very daunting place, especially when you've not done it. You don't know anything about it. And I remember shaking going through the doors and I'm like, no, I need to do something for myself. And you went by yourself? Yeah. How did you, I had no friends. <laughs> how did you even decide to go? What was the push for you to try yoga, specifically yoga, not any I'd, others? I'd always activity. been drawn to it. And it was more the mental state, like, because you see everywhere how yoga helps the mind, right? Yeah. And I wasn't even drawn by the asanas and the way that it looks it was more of okay there's something going on inside that i even need to fill or i need to fix so this is why i was like okay yoga was coming up i think it was a lot more mainstream then as well which is funny because many people perceive yoga exact opposite way that it's just yeah. like the fitness part and the physical yeah the physical yeah. one but i knew yeah there was something i think i always i, I was just drawn to it like that kind of path and as soon as i started I was hooked. So it was the only reason I was getting out of bed in the morning. I was like, do you know what? If, if there's one thing that I achieved today, let it be that I've gone to a yoga class and I've done something. And it's, at the start, it was just a relief because in that one hour, my thoughts wasn't on the future or the past and I wasn't dwelling in all the stuff that was going in my head. And then later on, it was more like, I don't know, I felt worthy. 
and this worthiness feeling that was coming from within, I'm like, okay, there's something to it. And after about three months and like the changes I saw in me and how I was able to accept more of the things and get rid of judgment, then I was like, okay, I need to give this to people, even though I'd only been doing it once. Yeah. So you decided to do teacher training after just a couple of months of doing yoga, we would say? I started my teacher training after a year of doing yoga, but I was, so this is why I say it's like a lesson in faith as well, because after three months I knew I wanted to do it. And then, you know, being cabin crew, I'm like, how can I have a month off? Like it just doesn't work. I can't just go to India and do my teacher training or wherever in the world. So I was always praying for like a sign saying like, if it's meant to be, there'll be something that comes up where I can actually do it. And then that's when I found our teacher training that we did here. The one in Dubai with yes. Natalia, Natalia. Hata, we love you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to link her down below because yeah, sure. I did the same teacher training. She's an amazing teacher, amazing human being, and she literally transformed our lives, I would yeah. say. And she pulled the best out of us. Yeah, 100%. And she made, us, yeah, she made <laughs> us believe in ourselves. My self-esteem, my confidence went skyrocketing to the sky <laughs> that works <laughs> that works i mean comparing to what i was before because if you told me two years ago that i will teach yoga mm-hmm. or i will do a podcast or do a youtube video i would not believe you yeah no. i was absolutely i could not i couldn't look people confident. in the eyes yeah this is what gets me and even like when people say no they see the events that i do and stuff in big crowds and i'm like if i can do it like <laughs> me to the point where I, man, even speaking in a group, I'd just shut my mouth and I'd be like, I can't physically get the words out. So if I can get over that to do it, then I feel like anyone can. That's exactly my thoughts when I walk out of the class and I finish the class and I'm like, if I can do it, if I can teach a yoga class after what I've been before, mm-hmm. so shy and as you said, talking in front of the group, like even in school when I had to present some project or anything was shaking, getting red in my face. And if I can do this, literally anybody can do this. Anybody. 100%. It's like a skill that you can learn, I would say. But I want to go back to what you said when you started to going for yoga. Did you start to going and being like in the last rows and where you like... Yeah, this like, is funny. It's like all of us that there you were, were like shy to go because was, you were like, everybody's going to judge me that I'm not yeah. flexible. There was always a spot right in the back right-hand corner of the room by the window because I like to be by the windows and that was my spot and if anyone was there when I walked in I'd be like oh my god it's throwing me off can I even practice here and even some of the teachers like Omari used to teach then he'd be like oh I see you're still in the corner and I think the first time I moved to like nearly the front or second row he just did a double take and he was like what are you doing up here (laughs) but yeah that was my safe space you know I was always at the back and I think because of the way that I approached the practice I didn't expect anything from myself and my body. And I think that's the reason I got results so quick mm-hmm. is because I didn't go in there thinking, oh, yes, I want to do this arm balance. I need to do that. I'm like, I'm just here to feel sane and yeah. better about myself. So you get you your know? Mind. Yeah. If, if that stuff comes, then amazing. But my whole agenda was always just what was happening up in my head and not in the body. Nice, that might inspire or motivate a few people to try yoga. Because I, I, so. I still meet so many people with so many judgments towards yoga and they 
all think that it's something just for flexible people, just for fit people, because that's how it's presented to the yeah. world. And skinny honestly, white girls in aloe yoga. Yeah, <laughs> or Lula. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. It's exact opposite. I would say should be exact opposite. It's for everyone. Should be for everyone. And if you actually look at the wider scope of what yoga is, oh my god, it's not even the practice that you do on the mat. Is why I struggle when the people ask, "But what is yoga?" And I'm like, "How long you got?" Everything. Yeah. Right. No, but people shouldn't get put off. It's not just for flexible people. If anything, it should be more for the inflexible. Yeah. For so the physically inflexible and mental as well. And who you would say was the most influential, start with the yoga teacher, maybe here in Dubai, who really inspired you? Do you have one person that would be like, this teacher was the one that really opened my eyes? Neha. Neha. Yeah, she's a good friend of mine too. Um, yeah. I think as well, like... If you, I'm sure you'll have Naya on here as well, but she's yeah. such an incredible human being. And again, so humble. And she's so real with her own journey and her own thoughts. And she says like, she's not perfect, but I don't think she realizes how much her sharing her pain and obviously the good times as well, how much it connects to people in that room. So she'd always have a theme or she'd say the right things at the right time. And I'm just like, well, this woman is incredible she's a powerhouse but she doesn't even know it you know and she gave me so much strength so much strength throughout it all so yeah love you <laughs> <laughs> yeah neha if you're listening yeah i already told her and I'm, i have to share that as well because neha was actually the first so class with neha was my first ever class i did in dubai second ever class i did second ever yoga class i did in my life First one I tried in Bali, just kind of by accident when I was doing my freediving course. But when I came back to Dubai, I wanted to try and I went to Urban Yoga as well in mm-hmm. Business Bay. And it was Neha's class, which after the class, I was like, I want to do that. I want to give people what she gives people. Yeah. And that at that time, I didn't even think I would ever be a yoga teacher. It was just, mm-hmm. she inspired me so much. That I was like, wow, if I could ever do this the way she does it, or at least 10% of what she's doing, I would be happy. And she's still being inspiration for me until this day. Me too. And I'll definitely bring her to my podcast if she agrees. Neha, I hope you will. (laughs) (laughs) Who you would say was the most influential person in your life. Is there one person that really influenced your life the most? Not a part of yoga. At all. taking yoga in the part. Um, Is there one or like a couple of people that really you would say without them you wouldn't make it? This is going to sound really like cliche, but my family. Yeah. Um, like when you get older as well, you realize how much like a childhood impact, impacts you. And when you're growing up, you don't, you don't count your blessings as much as you do um, as an adult. But the way that my mom and dad brought up each and every one of us now, like that gave me everything. Because it was never about what I was achieving. It was never about my grades at school. It was basically, Sarah, you do you. We're all basically, they just told each and every one of us to be individuals. And they let us have that freedom, which sometimes it was so frustrating because all you want is direction. And you're like, tell me what to do. And all they used to say to us, I can hear them say, no, look, Sarah, as long as you're happy, that's it. And that kind of stability that it gives me, and even now, it gives me the courage to act because I know as far as I can go in this world, if something goes completely wrong, I can pack my bag, I go back to Wolverhampton, and I still have that unit to go back to. Yeah. 
support yeah. everything the love so without that as the concrete i don't think i would have grown out of it you know what i mean because there'd be so much more insecurity whereas i know that i'm okay that if push comes to shove i can go back and i still have that family and that unit to actually be a part of so yeah they're the biggest influences nice. I, it's funny because you were just calling with your dad before yeah. we started uh, recording and I could hear the way he spoke to you. It was, yeah. it was very nice. I, see, I could every, see that he really cares and Everyone loves he supports you. Yeah. yeah. It just, if I ever have kids, that's the one thing I want to instill in them, is what my mom and dad give to all of us. Yeah. Because it's just the most amazing start in life. Like, no pressure. Why should kids have any pressure in life? You shouldn't. Yeah, that's why I never met him. And from just a couple of minutes of you talking to him and me hearing it, because yeah. you were talking on the speaker, and I could literally feel the easiness and support and just understanding from his Love. side. Yeah. Like, no pressure, nothing. Yeah. Like It's like that, um, support. what do they say? That your kids come through you and not for you. And that's 100% what they've done. Like they've come, we've come as individuals through them, but we're not here to do yeah. their bidding you know what i mean they've just give us complete freedom so thanks mom and dad <laughs> love you <laughs> when would you say you started changing when did you start seeing changes in your mindset after you started practicing from all the anxiety depression would you say um, you were depressed well, or? i don't like do i use the word depressed i definitely was in a very low place i can't say it's depression because I know that other people have it way better yeah. than what I ever did. Um, so I don't want to be like, oh, no, I was depressed and anxious and feel sorry for me because I know there's people out there who have it way worse. And yeah. the stuff that I dealt with is nothing compared to some of the pain that's out there. Um, it's more internal stuff, I would say, just your head. Yeah, 100%. Playing with you. Yeah. Um, when did I start feeling the change? I really don't know, hey. Because my mentality was changing before I got to the yoga because of the stuff that I was going through, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was reading some self-help books and there was just these kind of switches that were switching so it was on at the time. slowly starting yeah. and the yoga the, was just in the process of yeah. it already. And I think I've always had quite an open mind to this kind of things. Like I've always thought a little bit differently and outside the box, even from when I was a kid. So I knew that life could be seen and lived a lot differently to what I was seeing in front of me. But the changes with the yoga, within a few months, I, but I think that's, again, credit to the teachers for actually showing and putting their heart and soul into it and seeing how, how it changed them and relating their lessons that they shared into yeah. my life as well. And you know what it's like? It, it starts attracting, right? So you start doing it, you'll have a conversation or something will be said in a yoga class and then I went on board and then you'd meet certain people who tell you certain books and be in like similar situations. So I feel like once you cotton on to this kind of energy, it's like a cannibal, yeah. like it keeps rolling and the world or God or whatever you want to call it keeps feeding you these little bits to like pull you a little bit it's further down the path. All starts coming together. Yeah? yeah. Do you remember which book you, which was the first book that you read? Yeah, The Power of Now. I don't know, I can't this, tell, yeah? Yeah, this was the biggest click point. So I remember I was on holidays with my then boyfriend, but we was splitting up. And I was in complete disrepair. Like, I was just a mess. And I remember just crying to the point of no avail, thinking how crappy my life was and how everything was falling apart. And 
I remember I was just sitting on my own reading and I remember reading a segment that said like, if you think about it now, like how upset you are in this very moment, actually what is wrong with you? And it was like this huge light bulb went off and I'm like, whoa, nothing's actually wrong with me now. I've created this mess because my brain then was so stuck in the past or I was thinking of the future and how awful it's going to be. And it was a massive click in my head to the point where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm going home. So I rung whoever I needed to ring, went to the airport and I got on a flight. And that was the pivotal moment of, I think that was the catalyst of the change. You know what I mean? Just seeing how that perception, like the switch and seeing how not in the moment I was, that was the, you know, the change in the book that started it all. <laughs> I think for me it was the art of happiness. It's the interview with Dalai Lama and same, it's just started to switching my mind slowly, slowly opening it towards all the change that came after. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, they come at just at the right time as well. Because I think if yeah. I read that book now, most of it I wouldn't even connect to, you know. And I feel, yeah, they come because you probably, if you are all content and happy, I would say you probably wouldn't really seek for books like that. No, no, no one reading a self-help book is 100% yeah. happy, right? There's always something so. to be working on. It's like, oh yeah, I'm extremely happy. Let me just <laughs> buy this book on love and see what it says. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk about you quitting the job and oh. switching to something freelance completely. Life. Yeah, freelance <laughs> life, something completely new. Before you were never freelancing, never having your own business. No. No, right? It was like before your first... I can't, you can't even count what I did before I came here at like 21. <laughs> I was just messing around pretty much. So was it was it a very tough decision to quit job at the airline? Five years flying? Everyone tells me that it's tough and brave. Yeah. I was in a big... Like, with yoga, once you find your passion and you know it's your passion, to step into that just feels so right. Like, yes, it's scary. Yes, you know that it's going to be very vulnerable and it might not always go to plan. But because I believed wholeheartedly that this was meant to do, I was ready to give myself up to it. So I was done with the job anyway and I didn't want to do it. And I knew yoga is the start, but in my head I said, okay, so I stay in Dubai for now. I quit. I try it. If it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But it's still the next step that I needed to do, whether it would work in Dubai or not. I knew the resignation and going out as a yoga teacher was something, and then I left the rest of it to fate. So you were not scared of like losing security, not having enough money, which I think most of the people, which I I was going through as well recently. Most people are. Don't get me wrong, I have savings, which I'm very grateful for because I think that does give you peace of mind. Like I know money's not everything, but we do live 21st century life. Like We need to live, eat, pay rent. Um, I had savings. Was I scared? There'd be points when my self-doubt would come in and I'd be like, oh my God, am I actually doing this? But no, majority of the time in my head, I was like, no, this is 100%. I know I need to do this. Like I said, it could have worked. It could not have worked. And I could be back in the UK or tanning myself in Thailand right now. So you were quite confident by quitting the job and just going for the next step? It's not confidence. It was more, I always say yoga gave me my faith, right? 
So I know that even in my crappiest of times, that there is always either going to be a light at the end of tunnel or this path is going to lead me to somewhere else where I need to be. So I knew I just had faith in whatever was coming was meant for me. It would have been difficult if I probably was still enjoying the job and I was torn between the two Mm -hmm. because I was so done with flying. I was like, ah, what have I got to lose? Like, that's the thing. What have I actually got to lose? Losing the job that you don't want to do anymore. Exactly. So, yeah. I think maybe my story would resonate with people a little bit more. Yeah, I know. Sorry, that wasn't the answer you were looking for. (laughs) I was actually scared to quit the job. I was quite in the comfortable bubble of getting paid every month, getting quite a good money, but at the same time, not comfortable doing the job anymore, being tired constantly, being jet lagged. And it took a huge toll on my body, on my health. And I just knew I don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Just, I feel like so many people out there, especially in this job, I'm going to talk about this job because that's what yeah, yeah. we, that's where we came from. And maybe some crew are listening. I know how it feels to be scared and quit the job, especially if you have no other plan or you don't know what to do, which I kind of had. I kind of had a plan, I would say, but that's still scary. You think you don't have a plan, but there is a plan. There's something <laughs> that's going to come out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you make a commitment like this or you make a move so bold. Make a move. <laughs> ma- oh, make a move. I didn't even realize I did that. Um, when you make a move so bold. Can that be like the promo bit that you put in? <laughs> that's a quote. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, when you do do something so bold and you put that kind of energy out to the universe that has such a strong frequency and i said as soon as i resigned that's when all the offers would be yeah. coming in and that's when the world will know that i'm ready and as soon as i did it was but when you like feel actually feel inside that you are ready and you surrender to it yeah. you, things just come to you yeah. but then again some people that listen to this mm-hmm. are maybe not really open to this kind of they would call it spiritual thing and about universe and all that and for them and i know because i've been there they see everything very reasonable way i would say what's the word i'm looking for logical way that they're like but you have to have a plan but you have to have this you have to have enough savings you have to have another job before you quit because if you don't nothing's gonna go right if if if. hypothetical stuff yeah exactly that's what i'm saying 90 percent of it will never happen most of the people think like that though because that's the fears that they created over years and that they're being fed with from the society and everybody else that you cannot quit your job because you don't have anything else and well you can't be a yoga teacher if you're not married and being looked after in dubai (laughs) that's what i got a lot even i got like I don't remember who told me. I think few people told me. It was actually a few yoga teachers. And when I told them that I'm about to quit my job and I'm going to start teaching yoga, they were like, are you sure? Like, are you That's sure you're going to make enough money? Because it's tough out there. And, you know, it's it's not that easy and it's not that this well paid. Is, and This is just the mindset, though. And I feel like that mindset, again, everything carries a frequency. Yeah. So you're putting that out there. Yeah, you're lowering your frequency. That kind of stuff's coming to you because that's what you're giving energy to. I get it. It's not easy. And don't get me wrong. Like We know how tough it is now. Well, I now have to be in here a year doing the freelance job and trying to support myself on yoga teacher salary, not burn myself out and still do the stuff that I'm doing online. It's tough. I'm not being like, quit your job. It's going to be amazing. You'll have all these days off. No. But the thing is, you will be tired. You will be exhausted. You'll feel like sometimes just giving it all up. But the difference being the tired and the exhaustness is actually coming because you're working on something that's in your heart and it's not 
giving it to someone else. And you, yeah, you work for yourself and yeah. on yourself, not, exactly. not sweating for somebody else yeah. and just for the money. Because that's for me was the big thing when I realized that the job I was doing was I was doing only for the money, yeah. and that was not satisfying enough for me because I needed to do something that actually mm-hmm. makes me happy, happy gives you purpose, gives as well. me purpose. I think that's the biggest thing I think anyone is suffering from now is the fact that we all want to make a difference in the world, right? Whether it, whichever way that is, I think we all want to make a difference and we all want to express, but we've been told that maybe the way that we express isn't right or it's not a smart way to live. Yeah. You know what I mean? That you can't pay your bills with what you're actually good at and what you feels in your heart. So then you're stuck behind this cloak of, okay, I'll get a decent job, pays the bills and tick off all these things. And how bad is that, that they literally destroy your dreams just because they tell you, you cannot be paid for what you like doing. And then you look out there and all the like famous big people are doing that. And then you're saying, oh, but I can never do that. Nobody's saying you have to be famous or big, but you can still do something you enjoy doing and And live out of it. And it's maybe just sometimes you have to cut some corners, maybe... Yeah, maybe you have to give up the lifestyle you just have, but then maybe then you gain something else. You know, one door closes, another opens. There's always sacrifices. And depending on where you want to go and what goals you have, ambitions and stuff, you will end up sacrificing a lot. For me, now being away from my family sucks. Yeah. It sucks. But for doing what I want to do, I have to be here. It's the same as some friends and stuff. They will start coming kind of out of my life because I am so focused on my job but then yeah and i'm exhausted but this is the sacrifice you have to make it was actually really interesting thing i was i heard in it was actually louis house podcast i don't remember the guest but what he said was something what we talk about now he said that usually people are scared to do this kind of step because the only thing they can see and measure is what they lose Mm -hmm. they don't see and they cannot measure what they will gain when they do the step and you can never see it because it's uncertain but how do you know that you're not going to gain more than you lose? Yeah. And that's that for me was like switching my head. I was like, wow, this yeah, is that's amazing. That's you've got to keep in your mind, right? That, okay, for one, your intention has to be pure as to why you're doing it. And, okay, yes, you're going to be losing some kind of stuff. But you, like you say, you don't know how big or how well it's going to do unless you do it. Yeah. And so I know that in my head as well, I focus more on where it could go rather than, okay, I'm struggling to make the rent this month. <laughs> okay, I've not slept properly in like two months. I keep waking up in the middle of the night with stupid yoga ideas in my head, you know. I think always just oh, just positivity, even in the crappiest of days, thinking, oh, I'm going to be all right. Like there's something yeah. coming, there's something more. And then again, everybody's measure of success is very different. Yeah. Like for somebody, success is having lots of money. For somebody maybe being famous, for somebody just being with his family at home. So I feel like people should really set up their goals of the success, what is what for them means to be successful and just go for that. Yeah, I think it's what's important to you, right? What impact you want to have on the world. And if it's money, then yeah, great. If that's really what's yeah. going to make you happy, then let it be that. But don't let your image of success be defined by someone else's rules, right? Yeah. Yeah, I also think like earning lots of money or spending money, that's nothing bad with it. Like we talked about it a lot, that it's just exchange of energy. Yeah. Like you put lots of effort 
lots of like hours and hours of training of teacher trainings of workshops of studying yourself reading you put so much money in it so much time so much yeah. energy and effort in it and then when you teach people that of course you want the energy back and the energy comes in, in it's like anything you, money. i don't think you can have a really closed grip on money because as soon as you start gripping something tight it's automatically instinct is it's yeah. it's going you know you've already got it in your head okay i'm losing this kind of stuff so as hard as it is trying to let it flow freely like you give it out you'll be like it's coming back it's fine i don't know when i hope it's next month because my car renews up but whenever <laughs> <laughs> it is this beautiful idea about money as well in the book that i'm reading now so the book's name is the illusion of money by kyle sees and he said this really nice idea that your relationship with money is the same way as a relationship with any other person or with anybody else. If you are too stingy, if you are really grabbing to it and being very possessive with it, then money pushes away because it doesn't want to be in a relationship like that, right? And then if you are in a healthy relationship, you get money, you give money, it's like a circle and then it comes to you normally. Yeah, so. attracted to the vibe. Yeah, all, all about the vibe. <laughs> If you just saw his arm action, you would be cringing just as I am. <laughs> Thank God I'm not recording this on video. That's true. All right, let's talk business now. Let's talk. Let's oh, I talk. feel like I need to move position. Hold on. <laughs> Go. Let's talk about how you established yourself. Maybe from. I love that I, word. I would say I like the word established. Established because yourself. Like, I would say, since when have I been established? I would say you are an established yoga teacher in Dubai. Quite doing quite well, being, I don't know, I don't want to say popular or famous because you hate no, me saying that, start this stuff now. but um, you are pretty, you are doing pretty well for a yoga teacher in Dubai. Thank you, you are teaching in a few of the best yoga studios in Dubai mm -hmm. and you're quite busy. Yes. You are having class studios, you are having private classes, you are oh. being invited for yeah. lots of events, you've done some workshops yourself and yeah, just tell us how, maybe tell us how did you start it, how did it feel? in the beginning of starting teaching because Sarah actually has a ebook which is for free on her website oh, which yeah, we're nice going which we're going <laughs> because you write all this in your ebook basically yeah, that's true. but um, which I still haven't finished but I'm working yeah, on that's it that's terrible you just like one page every month it's meant to be my best mate <laughs> no, but it's not even read it <laughs> it's it's actually a really good book from yeah, yeah, what i read so far <laughs> It it's is. lying, guys. I'm in like a half of it, and it's actually really good. Like you yeah. put all these ideas together so nicely, and it's all together. But yeah, maybe share it with us here um, as well. How did you start? What was the biggest challenge for you? I don't know because a lot of it. Okay, I'll go with the teaching side, and then I'll go social media side. Yeah, because I think there's two aspects to that. Teaching. How did I start? When was my first class? Oh, it was in gravity actually. So Gravity is the calisthenics gym that I train at and I've been a member at for ooh, over three years and I do teach the yoga there as well. It was actually Miko, the manager, who he knew, like he's been a part of my journey as well. He knows everything that I've been through and he knew how much I wanted to teach yoga and he knew that, um, that I was in my teacher training so they needed a cover one day and they asked me to cover and I was absolutely bricking it. And I remember, so before even going into this, when I was doing my teacher training, Natalia asked us to teach a sun salutation to the group. And this was my first ever experience of teaching. And 
I could not. I didn't know like what even to say. It was so nerve wracking to the point where I did it. And when I went home that night, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I like I went physically, the same thing, yeah. even when she was making us do 20 minutes and I was that nervous and my heart was literally in my throat and I was sweating buckets and I'm like, I can't do this. I don't have the strength, you know? Someone that helped me through that was um, Allah. He's my friend. He took a few photos of me and I've yet to see him for a while. So if Allah listens to this, we need to do coffee. Um, but I remember we were in a road trip to Ras al to watch the blood moon and stuff. And I was telling him about my anxiety. And I know he's been through a lot himself. And he said to me, he was like, Sarah, the reason that you get anxious when you come into these rooms, best piece of advice I've ever had. It's like the reason you get anxious, he says, because all you're thinking about is you. He's like, you're thinking about everyone looking at you, the way that you're going to perform, blah, blah, blah. He's like, don't forget when you step in that room, you're there for them. And again, that was like a aha moment. So it is like, I still get nervous before I go in. But as soon as I got on the mat, I'm like, right, it's not about me anymore. I'm here for all these bodies that are in front of me, right? And I think that even though it was scary, this is what the thought, keeping that thought into my head, it gets rid of the ego, right? It completely strips you back. Like I'm no longer, mm-hmm. I'm no longer I'm not there here to perform. Own. I'm here yeah, to to serve. Yeah, yeah. So I started doing community classes. I did a few at the Sheraton, more of the Emirates. I was given a few to crew in Silicon Oasis, and this is the point. The point that I want to make that everyone sees now, like the full classes, the events that I do, and there's people there. I used to make myself readily available for nothing and I used to get people saying yeah yeah we're coming to your classes blah 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 mm-hmm. and sometimes I'd turn up I'd drive all the way there Silicon Oasis which is quite far if you're not from Dubai and no one would turn up yeah I remember that yeah. I actually remember that yeah so it's it's something that people think that they're going to walk out of a job and be like oh yes just my yoga teacher training like Sarah's done it I'm going to do it it's mm-hmm. easy not you have to deal with people not showing up People walking out of your classes, this was a big thing that yeah, been there. that affects you, you know what I mean? Because you're thinking, what the hell's wrong with me? But it's, again, something you have to kind of write over it. And put yourself out there. Like, things are not going to just come to you. As much as you've got to relax and surrender, I was actively emailing studios, messaging them for covers, asking if I can do classes, and trying to get as much experience as I could whilst being crew. Mm-hmm. before resigning yeah now should i go with social medias so when we met i remember mm-hmm. for some people numbers don't matter but yeah. let's talk about numbers anyway when we met you were on instagram we talk about instagram because especially in dubai and i think all over the world now if you have small or big business it became crucial part yeah. of your business promoting yourself on Instagram, having like good look on Instagram and basically most of your clients coming from Instagram, right? Yeah, all my privates pretty yeah. much. And if you have any small business or bigger business, you probably know what we are talking about because it's so important. Everybody is there these days, almost everybody. Yeah. And you actually get lots of business from there. And it you is connect. quite, yeah. And you we, connect with, we're only mates because of yeah. Instagram. And I met so, yeah, we yeah. met through Instagram and I met so many people who became my best friends on Instagram. So, and it's two best friends. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, we 
met on Instagram. And yeah. then we went for one workshop. I remember Model of Emirates, handstand workshop, and that's how we became friends. So I remember when I met you, you were like, when we talk numbers, you were like 2,000 followers, maybe something even less, I would say. I don't know. Once you started to really go for it, you grew exponentially so fast. Like you are probably the fastest growing person on Instagram organically. That's the yeah. main focus here. That the fact that I know you personally and I know that you never paid for likes, paid for followers, nothing. It yeah. all came. It was slowly growing, slowly growing. Now you are at like 30K. 36. 36,000. Yes. Are, are you joking? No, actually. It was like two days ago. It was 30,000. It's crazy, right? That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so... So what I want to say is... I think is, this time last year I was on like 3,000. That's what I'm saying. I remember that, that you were like staying low, 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 and then suddenly yeah. boom. And I want you to talk about how how it's not about like this and how much work you actually put in that. How yeah. much time, effort, energy you put into Instagram. So people understand that this is not like I pay for some followers and that's it. You actually do the yeah, work. Yeah, you, you do. I think... Instagram started as me. So, you know, I, I've always wrote a journal, which is always my thoughts and feelings. And I always feel like I can articulate myself better with writing rather than words. So for me, when I, so my Instagram has always been the same. I've had it for years. But when I started going into the yoga, it was more of an expression. Like what I was feeling, I could share my words. I'd obviously post a photo or I'd do like whatever was progressing. And that's how it started with my journey. I always said it was represent reality. So you know? you're trying to be, oh, you were actually very authentic. For me to start with, it was expression and I just, I, I found my voice, you know yeah. what I mean? So this is how I began to push it out there. And then obviously once I got a bit further down the line and I noticed what I wanted to do, I was surrounded by like, because I do calisthenics on the side as well. So fitness professionals, athletes, and I knew how good Instagram had been for them for their business and especially as a freelancer to actually advertise themselves. So I started to put a little bit more effort into it as much as I could. And like I said, once I said, once I resign, this will be it and this was when it will go. More importantly, just I wanted to enjoy it. And then as soon as the numbers started growing, I was like, okay, now I have a bit of a responsibility to not just put yoga photos in these flexible poses and a quote Just to that, show off. that you, yeah, yeah, and a quote you find on Pinterest, you know, yeah. I always said no. So once I said, okay, how can I use this platform? And I started to do more stuff online. I started to do the tutorials. Um, we started doing the YouTube and I think all of this collectively added to my, what's the word? Growth. Yeah. And like, if people come to my page now, they can see it's not just... Pretty for us. Yeah. That you they're are actually, actually giving, getting, getting something worth out of it. You're you know? giving them value. You're giving them information. You're I'm giving trying. them something <laughs> yeah. that they can actually get from there, yeah. not just a pretty picture. But like you said, it's not... It takes time. I think one whole tutorial with the posting, the hashtag in takes me on average three to four hours to put it all together. This is what people don't realize yeah. and don't... Yeah. They don't and see the work behind it. No, and that's the thing. Like you have to remember why you're doing it. Like for me, I never did it to grow. Yes, that's a bonus. It was more of I want to do it to help people. And you have to let go of the expectation of these things because sometimes I take hours to do these tutorials and for whatever reason, it might not do so well. Yeah. 
like you're up against algorithms and all this kind of stuff, but you have to just let it go and still post the things that you normally would, yeah. you know? But I think it's, again, just, I always say it depends on your purpose, right? It's knowing who you are, why you're doing the stuff that you're doing and having that purpose, the why, always like why in the back of your head to keep your ego in check as well as to why you want to do this. What do you say about people who, who are buying followers, oh. or buying likes? Do you know, if that's what you want to do to validate yourself, then go do it. But it's, again, I don't like that kind of fake. And I, I think you will get caught out sooner or later. Because, okay, think from a business point of view. Someone comes to my page, they see I've got 36,000. But say if I brought pretty much all of them, mm -hmm. they're expecting me as a yoga teacher to be able to deliver something. If all those followers are fake and you've got no actually true following, when you sign up to an agreement to them, you can't actually deliver on what you promised them. You're basically lying to them. Yeah, you're lying to them. It's and a complete Everybody fake. else. Yeah. yeah. And it will come back in the end because word of mouth. Okay, yeah, yeah you've got 100,000 followers, but you come and do a workshop and you've only had three people sign up. Yeah. I just think it's sad that, unfortunately, companies that come, it doesn't need to be a yoga teacher can be anything yeah but companies that come and approach these so-called influencers mm -hmm. they i don't understand what these companies are doing because they probably don't do the research i would say because i could spot fake followers almost immediately yeah. and these companies i feel like they just ignore it they just see the big number so okay we want yeah. her or him because we see he has bigger number she has bigger number than the, the other people and we just want exposure but then they don't understand that you're actually not going to get the exposure because these people are fake i think this comes from like if you think about managers in department now there will be what 50 plus who are managing these kind of things who are not probably that informed with instagram yeah. so yeah it is easily filled by someone who's not knowledgeable in i don't want to throw all the companies in the same bucket but yeah. that's what i've been seeing a lot oh, and 100%. it's I think what used to annoy me was the fact that, yeah, people get the jobs and the gigs just because it's not because of what they teach. It's not because of the experience that they've had or who they are and what they represent. They just see a number on the screen. Yeah. And that's, that, it's unfair. Like it's same as, as if I was going to a job, I wouldn't be expect to be picked just because I've got 30,000 followers. Yeah. Maybe the person next to me has 2,000, has been teaching yoga eight years, who has a vast amount of knowledge. I'd rather be tested fairly and that person get the job because they're more suited to it yeah. rather than just picking me because of a number on a screen. It's just ridiculous. Or maybe they don't even have Instagram and yeah. people don't even have Instagram and exactly. it's nothing bad about it. It's just what do you make out of it, I believe. Mm -hmm. Are you happy now? Oh, you bastard. <laughs> there you go. Am I happy? Oh, I want to say no. You know, the, the past month for me has been pretty shit, but only in my own head. Yeah. Um, but I think with any type of unhappiness, it's like I am, don't get me wrong, I am so grateful for everything. And I, I do love and enjoy my life. But I believe that unhappiness actually, because we judge ourselves by happy and unha unhappy, right? And I think that the unhappiness comes to show us that something needs to change. 
and I feel it now. If you've been seeing my Instagram post recently, you can probably tell the mood that I'm in. But I don't see the down and the unhappy as such a bad thing. I see that it needs to come to show me, okay, like there needs to be more growth. Yeah. So it's like using, I always say, use the feeling of uncomfortable to show you what you need to do. So mm-hmm. to be honest, I after a year of teaching and how busy Dubai gets in the season, how time consuming it is, I don't think I have it in me to do another year like this. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality. I, I don't know whether it's just because I'm not just teaching yoga, that all my free time is going into something else. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like life can be lived a lot more simply and more enjoyably. And that's where I'm going to go next year. So by the you growing, you mean you changing something in the yeah. life you have now? Yeah, it needs to. Because yeah. I, I can't sustain this life. Like I'm exhausted. Yeah. You, you know how much I do. You see it. This is, this is something it was hard for me to believe in the beginning when I was still flying and uh, our schedule could get very, very busy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how much flying we, how much we were flying. And I thought like, wow, I'm so busy. And then you were telling me when you started, like, I'm so busy. I don't have days off. Like you had like one, you still have one, one day, day off a week. A week and then you go from 5am till 9pm. And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, come on. Like, you know how flying is. It's tiring. You know how busy we are. You still get still those get 24 hours in the and hotel as well. I'm starting to understand only now. Yeah. And I'm like 10% of your busyness, I would say. <laughs> Maybe even 5%. Matt's, Matt's a very big professor. He's busy in his I'm, head. <laughs> I'm the biggest I have one class in a day and that's for me a busy day. Anyway, I started to realize how precious the free time can be and how much work you're actually doing. It's crazy. So I believe when you say you need a change, especially after a year going like a machine and even releasing like, an ebook, free ebook, now you're working on another ebook. Crazy. Even when you say the last year, if I think about it, it's been over two years that I have not stopped. And that's the reality of actually getting somewhere and doing what you want to do. For me, anyway. I'm not saying it has to be like this for everyone, but my path, my journey, this is how it's been. But yeah, it's not it's not sustainable. Yeah. And like I said, there's always been sacrifice. So if you ever do this, it is you have to have at least that one day off. Mm-hmm. And that one day off, I do nothing. I turn my WhatsApp not- notifications off. I don't want to speak to anyone. I don't want to see anyone. <laughs> I just want to be in my own little shelter. Yeah, and you have to be able to give up some kind of stuff so for me now because I know I progress so quickly physically in my calisthenics my strength and stuff now I know that that's taken a backseat but it's kind of beautiful because it now it's my refuge rather than my push does that make sense what do you mean by it because before it was something I was pushing myself to do because I needed to be stronger I needed Mm -hmm. to get my practice up and I needed to be able to hold a handstand for a minute whereas now now it's actually a luxury to do it. Okay. You know what I mean? So I'm actually, I'm training less. My self-practice yoga has gone down less. But now when I actually do it and I have that time, it is sacred for me. Like I lose myself in it, in it again. And I remember now why I started yoga because I'll lose my head on a Monday. Mm-hmm. And then I go to practice and I just feel like it just rids me with all my impurities. And then I remember why I started this. Do you have any one piece of advice you would give to somebody who wants to make a move in their life? Doesn't matter what it is. Maybe it's starting a new job or quitting the job you don't like or anything that might be a big change for them in their lives. Like you did a huge change with your life and 
again, you are planning to kind of change your whole yeah, life I even think now. That's my bipolar in me, though. <laughs> I don't think that'll stop for me because it's been like that since I was 19. Huh? It's crazy. But what would I? It's tough. What would the biggest advice be? Can be a small advice, just one piece of advice. <laughs> Can I swear? Of course, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, if people don't know me, I quite I swear quite a lot, and I don't know every yogi should, but there we go. My own, what I think this is sounds so bad that my slogan is is even like if I come to a decision into my life and I'm torn, and it is getting to me, I just think fuck it, fuck it. Like honestly, what is the worst that's going to happen? I want you, this is so, so bad that a yoga teacher's telling you, but have a fuck it moment. Like, because as soon as you utter those words out, it's like you let go of the expectation of it, right? You let go of this charge of the anger and the scaredness and the fear, and you're just like, fuck it, and you surrender to it. And then walking in, just a little small step every day, just something so tiny and then the tiniest things will then come into the biggest. They accumulate. Yeah, you have no idea how much an action maybe a year ago might actually come round. Even a conversation. So many people that say I've had a conversation with that I've said, like, I'm a yoga teacher, and then six months down the line, they'll be like, oh, hey, I remember, like, we met in blah, 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 and I see you doing this now, so is there any chance? Happened to me as well. Yeah, yeah. so it's... The smallest, minute little details. And when you just get that, even just the little bit of scaredness and you think, no, I can't do this, like, I'm not good enough, blah, 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 just think, fuck it, do it. And then just see what comes. <laughs> so your advice would be, fuck okay, it. I know, that's so bad. It's <laughs> not so bad, come on. I'm sorry if anyone gets offended by swearing. I'm British, so it's just the way that I express myself. British. Yeah, my dad's going to go sick when he hears that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we we recorded almost one hour. Yeah. Which oh, impressed me. I know. We could talk even longer. I was going to say, we could carry on. I don't, think I, wanna, I don't think I want to make it longer than an hour because I'm no. not sure how people will take it. This is still the first episode. Yeah. I want to just acknowledge you for what you are doing. For You're going to make me. Can I like, go out of the room when you do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want a napkin? No, because you've been influencing my life a lot and you pushed me so much and you keep pushing me so much. Always. Like, if there is one person that pushes me out of the comfort zone, it's you. Yeah. I think Matt secretly hates me. I have, I have a hate moments towards you because you, you just know when I'm in this small, comfortable bubble under the blanket, just not yeah. doing anything, chilling and procrastinating my life mm-hmm. to the edge. And you always come and you kick me and kick me again and again and I just push deal me. with this mat <laughs> there Enjoy. you go here's a here's a gig go for it and i really want to thank you for that because i wouldn't be where i am without you oh stop it vice it's versa true. though matt does all my videos and photos by the way <laughs> fyi so it's not just a one-sided thing i do <laughs> so if you want to follow sarah you can find her on instagram uh, at, uh, can you spell it? <laughs> it's Sarah White, basically half of Sarah. But now when I spell it, you're going to get it wrong because I have a Birmingham accent. So it's S for Sierra, <laughs> I for Alpha, R for Romeo, underscore White is in the colour. 
And yes, that's my real last name. Nice. Mm-hmm. Great. Awesome. Yeah, so you can find her there. She's very active there. She's uh, very consistently posting, which I should start doing as well. Yeah. She has her own website. She released it recently. Yes. Kind of recently. You have a free ebook on the website I yeah, can find. Yeah, it's all about teaching yoga and how to establish yourself, but in a nice way. Yeah. Not too business-like, more life advice and business know. in general. I like the book. I know I haven't finished it, but <laughs> I like it because you, the advice is you can actually apply to anything that you're starting. It yeah. doesn't need to be yoga. So you talk a lot about social media, about the business part, about... Even just little life hacks to help you through yeah. the uncomfortable stage, you know, like setting yourself up and... Yeah, and to, yeah. you are working on another ebook now? Yes, we're working on the other ebook. We are working because I'm doing videos and it's, photos for you. Hopefully it should be out by the end of November. Yeah. Maybe December. Um, Can you tell us what that's going to be about? Handstands. My love of handstands. So it'll be your complete guide to getting up and ready and started on your handstand journey. Can you tell us the name of the book? Inverted. Inverted. It's nice, right? It is. Inverted. Sounds like a hashtag movie. Hashtag with Sarah White. There we go. That's your hashtag, right? Yeah. With Sarah White. Yeah. I got rid of the yoga because I yeah. just wanted to be more rounded. Yeah. So you can find that soon. Yes. On her website. Or if you're listening to this and you've got this far, tag me and hashtag me. Why not? Yeah. You can tag me as well. At Matt Bendig. And one last question. Mm-hmm. Did I say question? Question. Why are you putting so much emphasis on the computer? <sighs> so one last question for you. How would you like to be remembered? Hmm. Imagine you're dead. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> um, how would I like to be remembered? Just someone who's real, you know? No bullshit. I think the world's full of it, to be honest. And someone who's real and just did her best. Just trying her best, that's all. If they fancy. All right. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Thank you so much for being here in my first ever episode. Douche, 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 douche. <laughs> and thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed. And let me know what do you think about it. Let me know what would you like to hear maybe next time. I hope you all have a beautiful day ahead. Whatever you are listening mm-hmm. on your phone, in your laptop, in a bus, in a train, walking. Thanks again for being here with us. And I'll see you next time. Peace and love. And go and make a move. Boom. Oh, <laughs> High five. That's it. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye.